You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. I just got back last night. I was on a kind of a continuing education uh, trip. I went to San Francisco conference uh, they had at the seminary. Uh, I made it back alive. Uh, I guess popular thought. My, uh, my family was one taking bets if I would get arrested or not. No, I can't keep my mouth shut. Uh, Father Brady, I, I found out actually just a few minutes ago, he was having a Hail Mary prayed after every daily mass that, Lord, please let Father Poirier come back. <laughs> uh, flights aren't canceled, no, but it's, uh, I would tell him and say, yeah, you think St. Paul uh, would have not preached the gospel? It was, a, it was a great time. I had a, uh, learned a lot, had a lot of fun, and I'm very happy to be back uh, in the parish. It was just for a few days, but uh, St. Paul says if a man who doesn't work doesn't eat. I've never missed a meal, and so I need to get back to work. Uh, I want to wish everyone a happy 4th of July for tomorrow. And, and, say, um, and so, but tomorrow, because it's a, a holiday, uh, we won't have the 6 a.m. Mass and the noon Mass. We'll just have 7 a.m. Confessions and 7.30 a.m. Mass for tomorrow. Just that one Mass for tomorrow morning. You know, this Gospel is a great portrait of the Church, the life of the Church. Uh, Jesus sending out 72 disciples we're all disciples of Jesus. At least we, we better be. And so being disciples of Jesus, we should be able to put ourselves in the shoes of these people for this gospel, to read this gospel as if I was in that time period and Jesus is talking to me. The, the basic thrust of Christianity is mission work. We do have contemplative monks and nuns that pray for the life of the church and the success of missionaries. This is, the, our contemplative orders are the pillars that are upholding this church. Believe that. The, the life of prayer that they live, the success we have in the world is due to them. But we still need to go out and proclaim the gospel. The basic thrust of missionary, uh, of, of Christianity is missionaries. And he sent two-man teams, not by themselves, but two, to every town and village that Jesus was going to visit. And so if you want to bring Jesus into a situation, maybe we're called to be the first ones to do it. That we can't be scared or worried about our faith. Father, I kind of play it close to the chest because I don't want to get in trouble. That's not in the Bible. In the scripture, they suffered for the gospel, and the gospel flourished. You cannot proclaim what I call this kind of prosperity gospel. It's Jesus without the cross. There's no resurrection without the cross. And so he sent them two man teams to proclaim Jesus before he went there. You gotta keep the faith, just not to yourself what our own man told me when I was back in Scott. Keep the faith, just not to yourself. And so in your own life, to proclaim Jesus uh, to your family, to your friends, your workplace. 
have a crucifix there, have an image of our Blessed Mother, the Holy Family, have something. The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. You know, it makes a whole lot of sense to pray for those that are in evangelization. For those doing the work of the church, it makes a whole lot of sense to pray for them because they need it. You know, I remember this, uh, this story that a parishioner told me at another parish. They said that uh, when this gospel was read, the priest, uh, for the procession in, he didn't process in. Uh, he just kind of stayed back there for like five minutes. And it got really awkward. I mean, for five minutes. I haven't even been preaching for five minutes yet. So it got really awkward. And then he finally just walked up the side, and then he got to the mic and he says, and that's what it would be like if we didn't have any priests. We have to pray for vocations. I think in Lafayette, our own diocese, it's a very good thing, but we could take it for granted. We have a lot of, we have good priests here and churches on every corner. I have family members that live right outside this state. They have to drive 45 minutes, an hour to get to mass, and there's only one mass a week. And there's only like 10 people that go there. How many of us would come to Mass, Sunday Mass, if we had to drive an hour? And there was only one slot available. I have some family members that never missed a Sunday Mass in their life, and that's the situation they live in. Here, if I drive 10 minutes, I could get to 15 churches, and they have a Mass starting every 30 minutes. And that's a good thing. Our churches should be packed. But... We can grow lax. We need to pray for vocations. Vocations to the priesthood, vocations to religious life. Our holy sisters, we have a number of orders here. Pray that they're filled with young, vibrant, holy, holy men and women. Uh, but evangelization is not just done in the pulpit. That's not the primary thing. Or there's another mode of that, the evangelization that happens with you, by you going out, by your family, your friends, your businesses, it's not just constraint to the priest. This whole ship runs on much more than just me and Father Brady. Believe me, we, we don't even do a quarter of it. It's countless lay men and women here that lead evangelization programs, that lead Bible studies, that help turn on the lights and lock the doors, unlock the doors. We have countless people here. We need to give them thanks. He sent out these disciples two by two, so in pairs. And so a very kind of basic question is, do you have a friend or friends, maybe even just one friend, that holds you accountable? in the life of grace. You cannot do it by yourself. You need to have good friends and family members that help you. I have family members that tell my wrongs all the time. Uh, they never shy away from it. God bless them. 
Uh, we, need, we need good people in our life. They call us crazy when we're crazy and lazy when we're lazy. That's a good friend. Um, and to remember that this is not our work. The work of evangelization of preaching Jesus Christ to everyone, including the ones that have heard Jesus and ignored him. It's not my work. It's the work of God. And so we need to pray. We need to pray for this work. Pray before you get in a car to go to work. Or pray grace before meals. Pray before you start a meeting. That's how we have success. This work, this prayer that God makes successful. Something could be very successful in my own eyes and an absolute failure in God's eyes. And yet, most of the time, God works a whole lot of good with my failures. The cross was seen as the greatest failure, and yet the redemption of mankind happened. And so to pray, pray that the work that you do in your daily life becomes a success. Praying for someone, praying for a situation. Young people, start praying for your future spouse. They deserve that. Start praying that your future spouse can remain pure for you and that you remain pure for them because they deserve that. To stay strong against the temptations the world throws at you, pray. If you're called to religious life or priesthood, start praying for your future congregation. Start praying for your, your future uh, order or the people that you will serve. They deserve that. The things you worry about in daily life, the things that kind of keep you up, give that to God, especially in adoration. In that adoration chapel we have, a whole lot of problems have been solved. A whole lot of hearts have been eased. Bring it to adoration and prayer. We have perpetual adoration for a reason because we have a whole lot of things we need to pray about and discern. Padre Pio said, pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and he will hear your prayers. So while you pray and discern about how God is sending you out two by two, don't forget to pray and not worry. Give it to God. He knows what to do with it better than me and you.